Jesus and the sacrifice of Responsibility as a gardener in the garden. 
Those times, you know, parents forbid their children from listening to Umbada. Why? Because there is a certain knowledge which is good for a parent, but not good for a child. I feel this thing. I love it. Are you serious? Yes, sir. Not because what the woman is doing is bad. Okay. But because the child hasn't got into the level where he could partake of this knowledge. Imagine a 16-year-old boy watching a TV station that is teaching on sex positions. Are you seeing this? It is evil for that child, but it is good for the parent. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was good for God, but in man's timing, it was not. So God's plan was that man will first of all partake of his life so he could have enough capacity to partake of his knowledge. Wow. So he will have enough maturity to be able to partake of God's knowledge. So now what happens to a parent, what happens to a child when he matures beyond his maturity capacity is destruction. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> because he doesn't understand the use. So there is abuse. Wow. I love this So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was not good for man within the timing of God for man. So God says, Adam, you can take everything. It's like my father owns. And he says, you have access to all the cars except this one. Why? Because probably the functions and the operations of this car is too complicated for him at that age. Mm. It's not because he has denied him, but because it is not good for his capacity. Mm. Are you serious? Why is it that your father will not give you a car at the age of six? A car is good, but not good for you at age six. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a knowledge that God only could possess and he could still survive. But to man, that knowledge at his time was poison. It was death. Are you seeing this? Yes, sir. So like we said, the devil led man to desire something that was bigger than his capacity. Mm. The devil enticed man to desire something that was bigger than his capacity. He said, the Lord God said, what is wrong? So Satan first of all said to, to Adam that God lied to them. He said, the Lord knows that if you eat it, you become like God. Now remember, man was like God in his image, in his dominion, but not in knowledge of good and evil, because it was not good for his time. Are you seeing this? I told you the knowledge of good and evil is not evil like doing bad and good doing good. No. The one knowledge of good, the one good is tov. Tov means pleasant. So it was not doing good. It was something that was pleasant. And evil is not doing bad. Evil there is ra. Ra means unpleasant, unbeautiful. In other words, what I God did, in other words, if you from that tree, what you deem to be good to you, it is good. What you deem to be evil to you, it is evil. It was only God that has the capacity to be able to determine what is good and evil. So when God finished creation, He said it was good. The word good then means it was pleasant. So what God gave to man was good for man. What God hid from man was good for man. What God created for man was good for man. So desiring anything beyond that was evil. Mm. That is sin. Mm. So the sin of man was was beyond eating. You don't deny that Adam ate something. To say Adam didn't eat anything is a sinful belief. Adam ate something, but 
that the problem went beyond eating. In his heart, he caused what we call disobedience to unbelief. So the sin of man was disobedience through unbelief because the devil gave him a word and God gave him a word and he chose God's word, he chose Satan's word over God's word. So he believed Satan and he disbelieved God. That was the sin. Immediately, man became a slave to the devil. So the problem of man in the garden was his obedience to unbelief. And do you remember the act of eating from the tree God did not command him? It was disobedience. And that disobedience became sin. And that sin led to death. Like I told you, there are four kinds of death Adam suffered. The first one is spiritual death. The second one is physical death. The third one is eternal death. And the final one is final death. So there are four kinds of death. So because of his, the disobedience of man, he subjected himself to four kinds of death. Physical, spiritual, eternal, and final death. So now, Adam decided, now look at this, he disobeyed God, and he became sinful. He now decided to go back and eat from the tree of life. He wanted to go back into obedience, but it was too late. His disobedience was a one-time event, so man became trapped in disobedience. So he couldn't, he didn't have enough capacity to obey again, because it was too late. Man was trapped in disobedience. So, you see, you must understand why Jesus came. Jesus came because he was the only one that had the capacity to obey. Man lacked it. He was in disobedience. Man lived in disobedience. So I told you, the first assignment of Jesus was not to come and save you. The first assignment of Jesus was to come and obey God to undo what Adam did. Are you seeing this? Yes, sir. So the first kind of obedience is called the obedience of Christ. I've explained that in the first teaching. You need to get that message. It's called the obedience of Christ. The obedience of Christ is what Jesus did in obedience to God on your behalf. Romans 5.19. Check it out. Romans 5.19. For as by one man's word, yes. so you see, Adam passed his disobedience to you. So you were born disobedient. Can I show you? Yes, yes, yes. Efficient chapter 2, the best three. Oh. So you became a child of disobedience because you came from the lungs of Adam. Now, Ephesians 2, pray. Now look at this. Uh, come to the verse 2. Good. He says, we're in time past. You walk according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Mm. Now, this is not talking about your simple disobedience. No, no, no. This disobedience was talking about a nature. It's a spirit. in an unbeliever. An unbeliever is called a son of disobedience. He's called a child of disobedience. Everyone without Jesus is in disobedience. So the obedience of Jesus Christ was what brought redemption to man. Then quickly, we move to the second kind of obedience. Number two. That's what we're teaching of today. It's called the obedience of faith. Yes, sir. Now, we have established that the obedience of Christ was what Jesus did for man to undo what Adam did in the garden. So what is obedience of faith? The obedience of faith is our response to the obedience of Christ. Mm. The obedience 
obedience of faith is God giving man the opportunity or the choice to do what Adam failed to do in the garden. That's obedience of faith. It's an opportunity of choice that God gives to man for him to do what Adam failed to do, which is obey. What did Adam fail to do? He believed Satan and disbelieved God. That is what Adam failed to do. Adam was supposed to obey God by believing him, or believe God by obeying him, and he believed Satan by obeying him. So the obedience of faith is an opportunity of choice that God gives to you to do what Adam failed to do. What did he fail to do? To believe God and obey him. Or to obey God by believing him. Now, to God, I'm explaining something. To God, faith is obedience. To God, in the New Testament, faith is obedience. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Are you, are you listening to me? So, believing what Jesus did, or believing the finished work of Christ, is called obedience. Now, that seems. When you believe what Jesus has done, God sees you as obedient. Shocking, isn't it? Yeah. You haven't done anything. God says, faith is obedience. You know why? Because faith in the devil was disobedience. So, automatically, because of Jesus' work, faith in Christ is obedience. Is someone catching this? Good. Now, Romans chapter 1, verse 5. The whole preaching of the gospel is that men will obey by believing. The whole preaching of the gospel is that men will obey by believing. Romans 1, 5. Watch this. By whom we have received grace and apostleship for the obedience of faith among all nations for his name. So God wants all nations to obey God by believing Jesus. We call that we call believing the finished work of Christ the obedience of faith. So another name for believing Jesus is obedience of faith. So are you seeing this? The first one was obedience of Christ. You have no role to play, and you have no role to play ever. Believe Jesus will appear. But the obedience of faith is your response. That is your responsibility. It is to receive what Jesus has done. That receiving is called obedience. Can you imagine that God gives you obedience by receiving? Glory. Hmm. Romans 16, 25. Let me show you a lot of things today. Now watch it. It says, now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel. Paul had to personalize the gospel. He customized the word my gospel. And the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Next verse. But now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for their obedience of Do you know that God calls the preaching of the gospel God's commandment? Yeah. <laughs> In the old, God's commandment to Adam was to choose the tree of life. In the new, God's commandment, commandment to man is to believe Jesus. That is choosing the tree of life and believe Jesus. So the new way of man choosing from the tree of life is believing Jesus. Lord, Lord. I love this thing now. He calls it the scripture, the scriptures of the prophet, according to the commandment. Paul calls it a commandment. So the commandment of God in the New Testament is the gospel. You, when you believe it, you have obeyed God. Hey, Romans 6, 6, 16. <coughs> now watch it. This is Jacob. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, 
whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Can I have another version? Maybe amplified or something. Okay, now look at this. He says, Okay, do you not know that if you continually surrender yourself to anyone to do his will, you are the slaves of him whom you obey? So Adam became a slave to the devil because he obeyed. So now, he says, wonder that it be sin which Adam did, which leads to death. You see what the Adam did lead to what? Death. Look at this. Or to obedience which leads to righteousness. So this obedience of faith leads to righteousness. Glory, 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 glory. Right doing and right standing with God. Now, next verse. This is Google. But now God, look at this. Though you were once slaves of sin. Are you seeing this? Yes, sir. He says you were once. So no believer is a slave of sin. If you see a believer struggling with sin, he is happy. Okay, sir. He is a slave of ignorance. Mm, mm, wow. Mm, mm. So, you have become obedient with all your heart. Are you seeing this? To the standard of teaching in which you were instructed, to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, you have become servants of righteousness, of conformity to the divine will, in thought, purpose, and action. So two things. What Paul is telling us that our obedience to the finished word first of all set up, set us for righteousness. And number two, we were set free from sin and we have become slaves of righteousness. So now you were once a slave of sin. Now this is not bad. Slave of sin, as in you want to, you, you, are, you have been programmed to do only evil. It's like you want to do good but you realize that you are doing bad. That's not a bad. Slave of sin is that you were confined within the parameters of sin as a now. You were in sin, you were slave to sin. So no amount of good could make you come out of slavery. I see. He says in that same vein, you are now a slave to righteousness. In other words, no amount of bad can take you out. So the believer is in a prison. God righteousness. It's too late for him to come out. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So your righteousness is slavery. Mm. <laughs> we like it. I don't know. You, you must like it. Yes, we love it. We love it. I love this slavery. We love it. No amount of sin. Now, I'm not justifying sin. You must understand this by now. No amount of evil can bring me out of the cage of righteousness. Just like no amount of good could bring me out of the cage of sin. Tell somebody you have been sentenced to life in prison. Sentenced to life in prison. Sentenced with hand labor. Sentenced with hand labor. I put this in. Give me the hand labor of Jesus. He says, My look is easy. He says, My burden is light. <laughs> I love this thing, oh. I love it. <laughs> what? So our obedience to the faith by believing Jesus set us free from sin and we have now become slaves of righteousness. Now this is what your obedience by believing Jesus has, has happened. Or has led to. Is someone following this? Yes, sir. Romans chapter 2, verse 18. Now it says, but for those who are self-seeking and self-willed and disobedient to the truth, but responsive to wickedness, there will be indignation and wrath. Now, this, now look at that. Disobedience to the truth. Come back to get it. So there are, there are some people there who have disobeyed the gospel. 
by not believing it. So God calls unbelief to the truth, disobedience. He says, but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth. So when a man rejects Jesus to God, that rejection is disobedience.
it also needs to believe. The word obey it also needs to believe. Okay? Alright. The next one is um, first Peter chapter 1 verse 14. Now, Peter, Peter was so romantic in this scripture. Mm. I love it. Mm. Now, it's more romantic as you're thinking about okay. 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 Now, look at it. Now, look at how Paul, the, the Peter describes the believer. He said, as what? Obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former last in your ignorance. So these people are no longer sinners. They are believers. Paul said, as Peter said, as obedient children. So, God sees the believer as obedient. Why? Because he believed Jesus. Yeah. So he says, as obedient children. So, the child of God is a child of obedience. The child of God is a child of obedience. So you are already a child of obedience to begin with. Tell somebody, I'm an obedient man. I'm an obedient man. What led you into obedience was believing Jesus. Are you seeing this? Yeah. Good. First Peter chapter 4, verse 17. One of the scriptures that has affected the church today. Probably I'll do a, a little with it, or you're going to preach this topic. This scripture has scared me, trust me. For the time is come. Hey, that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first began at us, what shall the end be of them that obey the gospel? Let me explain the first one. Okay, sir. For the time must come that judgment must begin. So now we understood it that God will start judging the rapture from the church. So they said, if you don't go to church, this will happen to you. So the rapture will start from the church. So if you are not in church, you have missed it. Such a cheap teaching. Like this. Listen, this scripture calls for studies. You must understand that when Peter was writing the, his epistles to you, first of all, he was not writing so that you could read it 2,000 years later. He was writing it to an audience who had a peculiar situation, but we take his epistles because we also might have peculiar situations so we can solve them. I love it. So for example, in the Corinthian church, they were abusing the gift of the spirit. Someone will be preaching, someone will start prophesying. My children, I'm here, Mama. Hey, Do you 
that the Jews, when they were crucifying Jesus, they said, let his blood be upon us and upon our generation. The one generation is 40 years. It was AD 30 when Jesus was crucified. 40 years exactly, the blood of the sun came upon them. And guess what? Jerusalem was under the siege of the Romans. The Roman king with their soldiers killed about 1 million Jews, according to history. <laughs> and then they destroyed the temple. Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24 that the temple was going to be overtaken. He says, These stones you are seeing is going to be overtaken. And now, that time that was due was due because the church was being persecuted by the Romans. So those days, if you were a Christian then, you were treated like a Muslim who has now become a Christian. Those days were so when you were a Christian. You were hated. So some were killed. I'm telling you. Some were killed for believing Jesus. So they were in a day. So Peter was encouraging them. If you read first Peter 1, read it, you will see. God was saying that on the testing of your faith, Paul, Peter had to encourage them because they were being tried too much. So Paul, Peter was telling them that the testing of your faith, you go through fire and you come out with fire. So Peter was encouraging them. So the time they were in was in the time of persecution. So Peter was telling them, for the time is come. So that time had come within the context of what he was teaching. That judgment. Now, if you understand the, the Greek, you, you understand what it means judgment here. The judgment of the believer, anytime the Bible speaks of the judgment of the believer, the word judgment in Greek is bima. Bima see judgment. But surprisingly, the word judgment used here was krima. Krima means calamity. It means crisis. It means punishment. So I was not talking about judgment day. It was talking about a physical punishment and a physical calamity we're going to go through. He said the time is come that calamity must begin from the house of God. The house of God is not talking about this church. He was talking about the believers. They are the house of God. He says, and if it first began at us, who are being persecuted for believing Jesus, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? The word obey there is talking about believing the gospel. So this one was not talking about rapture. You can't scare anybody with this. At least you can't scare any other Jesus in the day. Glory. How shall it be? So Peter was saying that even if we on earth here that have believed the gospel, look at what is happening to us. Are you seeing that? How much more those who don't believe the gospel? Because they, uh, what we are facing now is physical. They want to go to face is eternal and spiritual. This rod is coming on 
So Jesus is the originator of eternal salvation. Jesus is the is the one who gave existence to what we call eternal salvation. So Jesus originated eternal salvation. So for you to find eternal salvation, you are fighting Jesus. To tell people that they will lose their salvation is fighting against Jesus because Jesus originated it. And now look at this. He says he became the author of eternal salvation to them that obey him. Now it looks like, okay, your salvation is conditional until you have obeyed God. You don't do this, you don't do that. That's why he's telling us Wrong. The word obey that is who but who? Which is what? To listen attentively. It means to believe. It means to submit. So anyone that submits to the gospel, Jesus has become his eternal salvation. So listen, if you are in Christ, you cannot lose your salvation. If you are in Christ, Jesus did not give you salvation. He gave you eternal salvation. You know what? Because everything about Jesus is eternal. Glory. He brought eternal life, mm. eternal redemption, mm. eternal forgiveness. He doesn't give temporal things. Mm. Jesus does not give temporal things. If not, then Adam was greater than him. Jesus is the originator of eternal salvation. So anyone that has clinged onto him by believing the gospel, this man is a partaker of eternal salvation. You don't lose your salvation. Even if you commit mistakes, people will listen to this audio, they will lambast me, it's okay. We have been lambasted years ago, it's not now. In fact, it's already my book, so it's too late. <laughs> no, you must understand this. We must uplift the work of Jesus Christ. What is going on today in the world is nonsense. I'm telling you. People are not taking their time to study the scriptures to teach the people of God who they are and what they have in Christ. Your salvation is eternal. You cannot lose your salvation. If your if your mother, your earthly mother, can you if your earthly mother cannot throw you away as a baby when you vomit on yourself and poop on yourself, how much God? The reason why your earthly mother cannot do that is because she carried you for nine months. The Bible says we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. So God carried you from eternity. If your mother carried you nine months and cannot throw you, how much God who chose you in him? Before birthing you out. No matter how evil a baby is. Do you know your baby can take your iPhone, put it in the toilet? Do <laughs> you want the baby? Hey! <laughs> and you know the funny thing? You look at the baby and say, Hey! <laughs> iPhone, iPhone X. The baby is And sometimes at the point you can maybe realize that you are paid, maybe start crying. You are cell phone also. <laughs> you should rather cry, but the baby cries, and guess what? You should carry the baby. <laughs> Look at even a human mother. A human mother. And yet you say you do something, God is taking to help. Listen, listen. God planned your salvation before time began. He planned your salvation before time began. So you think he can easily slip you out because of something you did? You see, so we make the word of Christ cheap and we uplift the word of Adam. When you were in Adam, no amount of good could make you saved. Now that you are in Christ, come on. John 10 28. Give me amplify. John 10 28. Father, thank you for Jesus. John 10 28. Now look at this. I'm not the one teaching you this one, teaching from the scriptures. Now look at this. And I give them eternal life. Who gives it to them? Jesus. And they shall never what? Lose it or perish through the ages. Now look at this. To all eternity, they shall never perish. 
blessing. No one is able to snatch them out of my hand. That is Jesus' hand. Next verse. It says no one. Next one. So this is Jesus' hand. Okay. My father who has given them to me is greater and mightier than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. This is how secure you are. The first hand was whose hand? Now, Jesus' hand and God's hand are secured for you to come out. No, no, no. Two things involved. That means God has a better hand. One is a better design. And number two, you must be very smart. <laughs> smart than God. God's hand. Do you know the mystery about Noah's ark? Do you know Noah's ark had only one dog? There was no back door. You enter through one door. Jesus said, I'm the door. So the door of Noah's ark was Christ. You enter through him. When they all entered, do you know Noah didn't close the ark? Do you know his son did not close the ark? The Bible says when they entered, the Lord shut them into the ark. Where did it? When you believe Jesus, God shut you into Christ. Whoa! Let's do this thing. The hand closed it. Now, now, when you were in the ark, for you to come out, it must be by whose hand? Because it wasn't your hand that closed it. So for you to come out, you need permission from God to come. Mm-hmm. Are you see this thing? So it was the hand that closed the ark, telling us that the security of our salvation is not in our hands. The security of our salvation is in the hand of God. Patience, God is a farmer. 
husband. He's so patient with you. So your only problem is that you're not coming for Chester. That's your problem. Mm. Because that's what you're missing. Because it is God's opportunity to bring transformation. Mm. So you see, the believer's salvation is permanent. It is completely complete and it is eternally eternal. If you have a problem with, with it, go and talk to God. Now why did he give you eternal salvation? Ask him. And that is what we teach. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 9. I'll be starting a subject on eternal salvation very soon. So I'll teach on it very clearly. Glory. Can we? Is it? Okay. Um, Hebrews 7 5. Come to 7 5. Let me see. 5 7. Look at that. That the blessing of what? Abraham. 
the blessing of Abraham is not cars and houses. <laughs> you must understand it. That's what is making Christians materialistic. Ma- material things comes as a result of walking in the principles of Jesus Christ. Praise God. These are spiritual blessings. The blessing of Abraham is justification by faith. And this justification by faith gives us opportunity to receive the Holy Ghost. That the blessings of, of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, that we might receive the promise of the what? Spirit, true faith. So the Holy Ghost is the seed of God's blessing. When a man receives the Holy Ghost, it's the seed of his blessing. He's blessed. So the blessing is the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go to the next one. Oh, Lord, 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 thank you. Come on, lift your voice and give my daughter a shot. Yes, I don't know. Yes, I don't know. 